All right. Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. And uh, very good week, I would say. Uh, five out of six points, including um, a nice win over the pretty good Anaheim team. Of course, the one disappointment is that, again, against a bad team, the Blackhawks had kind of a underwhelming effort against Seattle, but they still got a point out of it. Lost in a shootout, but yeah, Michael, a pretty good week. Definitely. Um, anytime you can take five out of six points, uh, you got to consider it a success. Um, you know, not the most dominating performance um, during the week. Uh, you know, certainly being, it, you know, it was beneficial that they got to go up against two of the worst teams in the league in Montreal and Seattle. But uh, as you said, they also handily beat a, a pretty good Anaheim team. Um, you know, not a dominant team, but a, you know, a, a team fighting for the playoff for a playoff spot, even if it's in a rather weak Pacific division, but still, um, you know, uh, Fleury has been on his game all week. Um, the, the shootout loss to Seattle, um, you know, he that was maybe even his uh, better game for Flurry than the the shutout against Anaheim was. Uh, he's been he's really turning in just strong performance after strong performance, which is good for the Hawks' meager hopes of getting back into things, um, but also good in the event that uh, they do fall out of it and Flurry decides that he's willing to make another run at a cup somewhere and is willing to get traded. So. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and then on top of that, we also got, uh, you know, look at Lucas Reichel and, mm -hmm. uh, he did not look out of place. Um, mm -hmm. you know, not, not dominating performances by any stretch, but, uh, especially in the first game, he created some offense and, mm -hmm. um, played fairly responsible defensively as well. Um, did all the things that you kind of needed him to do play fell off a little bit in the second game I felt, but, mm -hmm. Uh, certainly still a, a nice little cup of coffee for him. And yep. And if he, you know, if they wanted to keep him up for, he'd be a contributing on the third line and stuff. He'd be pretty good, but obviously they want to play him, you know, top line minutes. Exactly. So they put him back in the AHL. Yeah. It's, you know, he, he didn't look out of place in the NHL, but in order to kind of stay up, I think he, needs to prove that he's capable of playing top six minutes in the NHL, that he'd be a clear upgrade over, um, you know, a Kirby Doc or Jonathan Taves or Debrinkit, Kane, Kubalik, Hagel. And I mean, those are, that's probably the Hawks six best forwards right now. I don't think Reichel is better than any of them at this point. So um, yeah, it's one of those situations where he got a nice little look here while, Doc was out on, uh, you know, out for uh, the COVID uh, restrictions and Michael got to step in and play a little bit of center for the team and, um, you know, gave him a little bit of a little bit of a boost while they had some, some guys out, you know, it wasn't just doc. It was, you know, Seth Jones and um, McCabe. And so, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, you look at it where, you know, yeah, the Hawks didn't, play great against a, a you know a, a bad Seattle team and 
they narrowly beat a bad Montreal team. But when you consider that the Hawks aren't exactly a dominating team themselves, but um, you know, they were also playing without three of their top guys. That's yeah. And it was um, uh, McCabe came back against Seattle and he was clearly not 100, you know, he was. Yeah. Yeah. He's still not uh, rounded into what we hope will be his um, best form Um, at this point. I'm, I'm just kind of looking for forward to next year with him just Mm -hmm. to see where we stand for, for sure. With a full Um, training camp and stuff. Yeah. I I do think it's worth pointing out though, that uh, Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy in the absence of Seth Jones really stepped up their game. I thought Mm -hmm. Um, they've been playing very strong minutes against the opposing team's best skaters. Um, and you'd have to think that um, the Hans trade value has gone up a pretty decent amount this year, but you never yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, not only has he played better than he did last year, but he's also stayed healthy for the first time in years. So mm-hmm. I, you know, had he had any additional issues with his shoulder or the foot that he hurt last year, um, I think that probably could have really hindered, um, you know, trade value for him because whoever would acquire him wouldn't be able to count on him um, mm-hmm. to be able to make it through the playoffs. But with the way that he's held up this year, I think those fears are probably uh, tamped down a little bit at this point. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a positive uh, to come out of this is, you know, he's he's been asked to to take on tough minutes for the Blackhawks, something that he won't necessarily be asked to do um, for a top team that acquires Mm -hmm. him. You know, they'll, they'll play him on a third line or third pairing. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's, I I think, I think he's acquitted himself very well and it's, it's just nice to see Connor Murphy string together a couple of good games. Uh, He's really struggled this year. Um, I, harped on McCabe a lot early in the year, but Murphy was just as bad in most of the games and didn't have the excuse of coming off of a knee injury. Uh, Murphy has gotten kind of better throughout the year, but he's still not playing as well as he did last year. Um, And it's, you know, it's very important for him to, to kind of prove that he can, that he can be a shutdown defender and free up Seth Jones to be able to play a little more offense than that. So, yeah, but yeah, positive signs there, positive Mm -hmm. signs from Reichel. And, um, you know, we also got a a little look at uh, uh, Galvis as well on the back end uh, of Jones and McCabe and, and, well, yeah. And Gustafson was out too. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's three of the Hawks normal top six being out, um, both Gustafson and um, McCabe returned for Seattle, but mm-hmm. Gallo's got a look in the other two games and uh, much like Reichel acquitted himself. Well, um, you know, he's not a guy that, you know, whereas Reichel's looked upon as, you know, a future top six guy, yeah. right. Or uh, Galvis is going to be more of a, a third pairing defenseman, but uh, again, didn't look out of place. And nope. I, I was, I was happy with his, with his performance. Yes. Now, of course, you know, during this little streak, um, they've gotten points in what, five straight games now? 
That sounds right. Yes. So obviously, I still don't think long term, but it is nice to see them playing better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we went into this year, the expectation was that they would compete for a playoff team, a playoff spot. It, you know, it wasn't that they were assured of or expected to be, mm-hmm. you know, one of the top four teams in the central. Cause it's yeah. still, you know, it's, it's maybe not as dominant as it was in years past, but the Central's still pretty good, mm-hmm. um, especially in comparison to the Pacific. Yes. And so, you know, we probably will see five teams come out of the Central. Mm-hmm. And my hope coming into the year was that the Blackhawks could compete with Dallas and mm-hmm. uh, a couple of the teams for that fifth spot. The start that they got under, under Colleton just, you know, really hampered. Yeah. Just, just kind of crippled those hopes. But, you know, what we've seen out, uh, out of the team under King playing a more conservative style, they're winning at a pace since he took over that would have put them right in line for that, for that fifth spot. And that's the kind of team that I think this was, was going to be. be, And so it's just good to see them kind of take that on and, and, you know, they didn't, they haven't thrown in the towel on the season. So that that's at least a a positive Mm -hmm. sign that we can take out of this. And, you know, it's unfortunate that you're going to have to kind of go into a bit of a rebuilding mode at this point, Mm -hmm. um, given uh, some of the pending free agents. And then, you know, it's one of those things things Mm -hmm. too, though, just one of these, like for next year going forward, they really have to emphasize, you know, getting off to a good start because it seemed like they've been in what three four years in a row not ready for the buried by the start of the year yeah 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 it's i mean honestly going back to 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 quenville's last season you know even though they were still around 500 that season they um you know wasn't they weren't playing up to expectations and you know you could see the cracks coming Mm -hmm. and it uh yeah, it's uh, definitely something that I think needs to be their goal for next season is to start the year actually ready to play. Um, that's that can be kind of goal number one, right? Regardless of what time, what type of team that they put together and how competitive they expect to be next year, you still they, they need to come out and play to expectations. Yeah, start. Yep. But yeah, like you were saying, it's. They're this is the they're in the hole now. And yeah, if the opportunities, you know, to make trades and stuff, you're gonna have to do it. Gonna have yeah, to get absolutely. This rebuild. I mean, basically, you've got a couple of more weeks here before the um uh before the uh the layoff mm-hmm. and uh the uh I, what's the trade deadlines I think a little over a month away. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's late February, and yeah, I mean, unless the Blackhawks can continue to win, you know, kind of taking, you know, they got to continue kind of at the pace that they have been over the last yes. week or two, where you know they're going to have to take points in 90 percent of mm-hmm. of games. That's probably very unlikely over the next month. Well, but yeah, they have yeah. to go on at least a, an impressive winning streak. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, they got a start of a winning streak. Maybe, you know, if you could mm-hmm. win four or five more, I could get them back into it. But 
Yeah. That's a tall. Especially, yeah, especially since the schedule gets much tougher for next Mm -hmm. week with um, back-to-back against a very good Minnesota Wild team and then following up with Colorado on the road. Yeah, you don't get a very, like, the last week we had is about as easy the schedule as you can get. You got two of the worst teams. Yeah, and they took care of business well enough with getting five out of six points in those. You know, it it wasn't the the prettiest play, but they got the points they needed. But, yeah, it's the the road gets much, much more tougher, um, much tougher from from here on out. It, uh, you know, you're basically just kind of flipping ahead the schedule here. Basically two out of every three games from here on out is – are going to be against top competition. So can't allow uh, any slip-ups. They rescheduled a bunch of games for uh, February that were uh, canceled. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you you still get, it's not really a layoff. And all-star is going to be, but you still get. I think six, six days for the Blackhawks. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, you just, it, it, it's still kind of a light month in terms of the schedule. There's, um, you know, not only is there the six day layoff, but they've got, you know, a four day layoff later in the month and, you know, then a couple of two day layoffs and that. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a typical schedule. So yeah, there's of still course it was bit. supposed to be, what was the original? It was going to be. It was like two weeks? weeks. It was like two and a half, I think okay. something like that. It was like the entire like middle part of February. Okay. Um, I want to say, I mean, I, I, I yeah, because I think the the All Star break now starts like the third of February, or the fourth of mm-hmm. February. I think that was when uh, the Olympics was supposed to start, and then it was supposed to be like the rest of that week, and then the following two weeks or something like that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, that'll be yeah. interesting. I guess the uh, more amateurized Olympic hockey, although yeah, there will yeah. be. Some European professionals. Yeah, and I, I think there were some kind of recently retired players that were going to give it a try too for like Canada, I want to say. Maybe. Okay. Um, I think I did see somebody had signed like, oh, I think it was Eric Stahl. Oh, okay. Um, signed an AHL contract uh, like last week and he's going to, I think it was for the, I think it was for Minnesota's uh, okay. um, AHL team. He was going to play with them for the next couple of weeks and then try and make the team the the olympic team mm-hmm. so do you think that like um the russian team would be heavily favored because they will um have a bunch of khl players but yeah absolutely i would i would definitely think um a lot of the european nations will have an advantage because it won't just be the you know obviously yeah, the swedish khl is mostly russian players but a lot of professionals swedish and finnish and mm-hmm. uh few other nations will play extensively in that in that league as well so yeah yeah so, so maybe they can uh the americans will be the underdogs like a 1980 or whatever and have a miracle yeah we'll see i, I you know i haven't actually looked at like what the final roster projections are for really They'll any of either. the teams um i do want to say that a couple of Blackhawks prospects are at mm-hmm. least in the camps for yeah, I saw like, Team um, USA. So like Drew Camesso, I think is one of the three yeah. goalies that they invited. And I think there was like um one of the um 
on Team Denmark or something that was a Black yeah. Ops prospect. Yeah, and I might be confusing some of the other tournaments that were going along to last month. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I, once we get a little closer to the Olympics, I'll start paying a little more attention. And I just, mm-hmm. I, it just hasn't been high on my priority list. No, with, me either. Especially given the, uh, the last minute, uh, well, I shouldn't say last minute, Latin, uh, changes over the last month with the decision. So yeah. Yeah. But. I do got to see, I'm assuming um, I had tickets to a Seattle game um, over the Christmas break that got postponed. I'm assuming that game actually did get rescheduled. And yeah, I, I, think, I think I haven't gotten notice of it, but I'm sure it did. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going to be going to a game in February. I didn't actually have tickets to anything. In well, so now I do. Yep. Okay, yeah. So um, as far as the Blackhawks, I mean, Obviously, they had a bunch of players in COVID protocol, but uh, were there any other uh, storylines in these games that stood out to you at all? I, I mean, it's nice to see Patrick Kane and Dominic Kubalik get on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them scored in back-to-back games. So, um, you know, I think with Kubalik, I think both of them might have been empty netters or one of them was an empty netter. One of them was, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, so not exactly – beating a goalie with his wicked shot or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it, you know, those well, you know, easy goals can give you a confidence boost. Anyway, The other one though, um, was actually was um, promising because it was a breakaway. That he That's did right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I would still love to see him actually beat a goaltender with his shot mm-hmm. as opposed to a deke or an empty netter. But yes, you know, like I said, the confidence boost has to be, um, under consideration there and you know he's always kind of been a streaky guy so mm-hmm. <clears throat> hopefully he can get it, it, this turned on and then of um, course um Kane's shot like on his first goal was like not exactly like he just put it on the net and it yeah one of them in. was a really soft goal by the mm-hmm. goaltender um but the other one was I want to say was a a, a legit shot mm-hmm. so that was good to see but um yeah, I mean, getting those two on track is huge. Uh, I was thinking I, while we were talking about it, I was something else came to mind, but now I'm I'm totally spacing on it. <clears throat> um, um, oh, um, I, other one I was thinking. What about um, Lafferty? Looked pretty good. Yeah, you know, he at least skates at an NHL mm-hmm. caliber. Yes, um, he's his movement skills and his puck skills seem to be a improvement over mm-hmm. Ryan Carpenter. Yes. Um, plays a similar style, just at a little faster pace, which is nice mm-hmm. to see. Um, you know, Lafferty is a little younger mm-hmm. and I think he's 25 or 26, yes. but he's also a pending free agent. So, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, is he maybe just somebody else that they flip at the deadline or mm-hmm. is he maybe young enough where they say, ah, you know, he can be Carpenter's replacement next year. Yeah. yeah. He looks um, compared to the other fourth liners they've been going yeah. through. He looks better. So. Yeah. It's uh you know, he could at least, maybe he's at least somebody that they hold on to post deadline. Mm-hmm. And after they've moved some of those other guys out, um, he can at least give them, you know, a little bit more veteran presence on that fourth line, as opposed to just completely turning it over to guys like 
Entwistle and Slavin and mm-hmm. uh, Reese Johnson or somebody like that. You know, you could at least maybe put a guy like Lafferty who's been through. Well, I guess those are going to have Kara, but yes, yeah, it's uh, he he has provided a little bit of a boost, so that's that's definitely good. And although uh, I will say that uh, it seems like from watching the broadcast that Eddie Olchek like. I don't know if he's like somehow related to him or something, but he was very excited about Lafferty. And I'm like, okay, Eddie. Uh, <laughs> it's I, a fourth liner. There's only some, yeah. you know, and he's, it's not like he's a, you know, a, a top six guy that's getting fourth line minutes. He's a, he's just an actual fourth liner. <laughs> but it was so funny. He was going to, you know, Pat, this guy does something with the Penguins. He was great. He's unbelievable. I'm like, okay, Eddie. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm I'm happy to have him. Definitely an upgrade over a couple of guys, and obviously giving more than Nylander was going to give us. So, just it is what it is. Um, it did give me did... a little, oh, give me a little pause about um, uh, hiring Eddie Olchek as a, as a <laughs> team president. But yeah, I mean, part of part of his job is pumping the tires on some guys as well. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas you know, if he would ever move into the uh, front office, his job would not be to do that. So, yes. you know, I'd like to believe that, uh, he would, he would stop looking at things through rose colored glasses. Well, it, um, it, um, worked for, uh, Dale Talon. So I guess. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, it's not the, not the craziest thing. We, there have been, um, guys who've made that transition and, and you know, I mean, Ultrek was a head coach as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like he's completely foreign to, um, you know, the inner workings in a NHL front office and yes. coaching. So not that he'd be my first no. choice because he wouldn't be, but no, he would not be my first choice either, but it, uh, yeah. I mean, the Blackhawks don't seem to be in any hurry anyway. So I think mm-hmm. we can kind of hold off most, most of that discussion until the off season. Yeah. At this point, I can't see them hiring anybody in season. So it, I, sounds I like, it, yeah. it sounds like Davidson's going to be the guy that's going to at least mm-hmm. handle through the trade deadline, which is at least at this point, um, you know, semi important given mm-hmm. that they can at least recoup a, a little bit of draft a capital. Bit, yeah. But yeah, I mean, to me, the big thing is they got to have a decision maker in place for the offseason because that's when the decision needs to be, you know, well, any decision that yeah, happens with Taves and Kane is going to come next offseason. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. You don't want to. You don't want an interim to be yeah. making those kind of. Decisions. You don't want. Yeah, you don't want to put uh, an interim in that type of situation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I would say the only way that Taves and or Kane would be even under consideration to be moved at this trade deadline is if one of them asked for a trade. And yes. I, I just I don't see that happening considering mm-hmm. Taves's health situation and the fact that. I think Kane still has those goals of um, kind of making the team record books his own. So the all-time Blackhawks, yeah. Yeah, I think he wants to make his mark. You know, I mean, both of those guys, they've got their cups. There's still a little bit of individual achievements, um, you know, that they can set their eyes on. So um, especially during a pandemic, I, I, you know, young families, they're not going to want to move. So. Yeah. I, I doubt it. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly, I'm kind of, 
consign myself that flurry isn't going to move either yeah i don't um, think so i mean really the only um the only motivation would be to yeah the only motivation would be to win and yeah. I, I think he's already done that yeah and you know like a team like edmonton could use an upgrade in that mm-hmm. but given the the covid restrictions i cannot see him um pulling the trigger on a, a move across the border and leaving there's his family only, in Chicago. Yeah. There's only one scenario that I think he would have traded, been okay with a trade, and that would have been if Montreal was good and needed a goalie so he could go home. But Yeah, you know, happen. maybe play in front of the, the hometown for mm-hmm. for a little bit before his end of his career, but they, again, they I, I, still think, I still think that that would have been a tough sell, but Yeah, it's moot given how bad Montreal is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you know, you look maybe Washington. um, There was, uh, I was kind of looking at the other day. There was, you know, maybe even Colorado Mm -hmm. um, would be a possibility. Uh, Kemper hasn't exactly um, taken complete control of that net the way that the Avalanche wanted. But it just doesn't feel like he'd be willing to go to Colorado or Washington. That just doesn't seem like, like you were saying, it doesn't, that I don't know if that would be a draw for him. Yeah. Um, the only other team that I think, you know, maybe it uh, works out for is uh, if Pittsburgh comes calling. Mm-hmm. Come uh, back I, home again. Yeah. yeah. doesn't seem like Vegas is going to need him given um, Leonard's playing mm-hmm. decently and they're, playing in a terrible division, which they're going to probably win pretty handily and have a, a top seed. So I don't know that they feel the need to mm-hmm. bring blink, bring flurry back. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, you know, the next couple of weeks, cross your fingers, the Blackhawks can go on a crazy run. Mm-hmm. Um, Get but, back in it. Otherwise, It'll yeah, well, you know, even if even if they get back in it, they might still decide. You know, they, mm-hmm, they still good. They, yeah, they they still got to consider moving. You know, the Caledons and those those. If they get guys. a good offer, yeah, you can. Yeah, you know, it's. It, I, I think the the one thing that it could maybe change is you know if they play really well for the next three weeks and Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubalik are mm-hmm. a part of that resurgence. Both of those guys are restricted free agents, not unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. And their qualifying offers are going to be fairly high next year. But if they're playing well, it's not out of around the possibility that the Blackhawks decide to hang on to one or both of them. Yeah. So that that to me would be the the guys that the next three weeks kind of hinge on okay. um, what 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 you're going to do with them. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think we've got much more to say this week. Uh, it was good that yeah. they uh, won a couple games and. Give us yeah. some entertainment. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll probably record Thursday next week because they do have a game next Wednesday. All right, so so I think that's what we should kind of shoot for. All right. Well, um, I'm sth85 on Twitter, Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. And you can subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. And we will be back next week. And as always, go Hawks. <laughs>